Oh, listen, dear one, I am thrilled to announce I have a brand new private coaching container opening up called Full Immersion Coaching. This is you and me working together privately as I become your mentor and soul guide for an entire year, providing you with the full support you need to grow a massively successful and prosperous heart-led business. To get all the details, DM me on Facebook or Instagram or send an email to allison at allisonscammell.com and say, tell me more about Full Immersion Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, my dearest dear one. How are you today? I hope you are super spacious and juicy and amazing. And if you're feeling anything that is painful or uncomfortable, I wish you ease and grace. I see you. I feel you. I know not every day is full of ease and flow. And I have for you today a really cool episode that will help you shift if you are feeling something that is out of alignment. And if you're in alignment, then this will help you shift to higher and higher levels of soul alignment. And I had a really amazing conversation with KC Rossi about soul alignment and self-leadership to increase your impact on your clients, on your family, your loved ones, the world. And it was really a soulful connection that Casey and I had. And I really appreciated her wisdom, her insights, her perspective. And it was a really beautiful conversation that I'm super excited to share with you today. You know, it's funny. I, I keep noticing in my work, I always go back to the same words, energy, alignment, releasing, healing. I think sometimes we tend to, in fact, oftentimes we tend to overcomplicate overcomplicate our problems, our challenges, our goals, our dreams, situations. But what if it were all meant to be super simple and all life was, was just a journey to enlighten to, well, all I was going to say a journey to enlightenment. It is a journey to enlightenment. What if on our journey to enlightenment, it was all just about soul alignment, a tweak or a fine, a tweak or a fine? tapping into your higher self to get the guidance to tweak and refine to soul align. Let's get to it. In today's episode, Casey and I explore what soul alignment really means, what we can do to be soul aligned, and how self-leadership can help you put your big soul mission into motion. We end on an invitation that will have you tapping into deeper and deeper levels of soul alignment to take your impact to the next level. So you're going to want to stay with us until the end. Welcome to Soul Guide Radio, a podcast for soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs here to bring about change on a massive level. We'll explore how you can activate your big soul mission, amplify your spiritual gifts, and clear the energy blocks weighing you down so you can gain unstoppable momentum in life and business. I'm Allison Scammell, your host and soul guide. Hey there, Soul Guide Circle. That is the name of this community of soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. 
In the Soul Guide Circle, we have big soul missions, and we yearn to earn more, serve more, and grow spiritually along the way. If you aren't already a member, then I invite you to join our Facebook group of over 1,800 leaders and lightworkers who are in service to each other and the planet. Find a link to join on my website, alisonscandle.com, or in the show notes. Before we get to this amazing conversation with Casey, I would love to share with you a listener review that's coming from Canada. This is S2 Frankie from Canada. And she says this podcast is about real life topics that matter. I love this podcast. It offers so much value to help entrepreneurs in life and business. Allison asks the best questions. Yay, thank you. Highly recommend for new entrepreneurs. Thank you so much as to Frankie. I love this review. It means so much to me. And if you, dear listener, would like me to read your review on the air, I would really love to do it. Head over to the show notes and you can find links to leave a listener review. And I would be so grateful for that. All right, so today we're talking about soul alignment and self-leadership, and I am chatting with the amazing KC Rossi. She is a business and leadership coach who helps high-achieving CEOs and entrepreneurs go from people-pleasing, burned-out perfectionists to profitable powerhouses. That is some great alliteration. She's been a full-time entrepreneur since 1991. Kudos to her and has built six and seven plus figure businesses. She is the host of Women Developing Brilliance, The Spirit of Business, a show dedicated to cultivating confidence, increasing visibility, elevating vibration, and leading with purpose. And I will say here that I had the absolute pleasure of being on her show a few weeks ago, and we had an absolute delightful conversation on her show as well. So we will leave a link to that in the show notes as well. So may you receive as much wisdom from Casey as I did. Please enjoy. Hi, Casey. Welcome to Soul Guide Radio. Thank you, Allison. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, well, we were talking before the show and we were commenting that you and I teach a lot of the same topics. I know. I love it. I love it. It happens. There's fun synergy. And I also feel like I am a forever learner. So I'm always gleaning wisdom from people like yourself. I feel the same way. And I always feel like whenever I'm recording a guest interview, like I need something like I'm the biggest listener. I might be the interviewer, but I'm also the listener. I'm also the audience. And there's some insight that I really, really needed to receive today. So I can't wait to receive that. I love that we're talking about self-leadership. I think that's so important for spiritual entrepreneurs and light workers as we're being called up to step up in our leadership. And that can be both exciting and it can be sometimes a bit challenging, right? No doubt. Yeah. So let's start with soul alignment. And I love to talk about soul alignment. So let's start out with if you would share for us, Casey, what it means to you. And why is it important for leaders, entrepreneurs, and influencers? Why should we be thinking about and wondering about and checking in with our soul alignment? Yeah, I love that. And I feel it's really important for 
every human, honestly. And I think that the way that it comes about with influencers is when we're in alignment with our soul, with our soul essence, with that drop of our higher power in all that it is, when we are connected to our deep why, when we're actually walking our talk and we have our inward practices dialed in on a consistent basis, we become magnetic. So I feel that that's really the only distinction, if there is one, between why is it more important for leaders, light workers, and entrepreneurs is that our vibe attracts our tribe. We've heard this before, but when we are tapped in, there is a force or an essence that our tribe feels and we become these magnetic leaders. But I feel that soul alignment can benefit every single human being because it makes your life easier, more in flow. And you just feel this expansion of being on purpose. And to me personally, that's how I want to go through this world. Like that's how I want to show up. Those are the people that I want to connect with. That's the way that I want to experience this life. I love that. I love that idea that essentially when we're embodying our soul alignment or our highest why, this magnetism results that our people, you know, that that those that slice of the pie who we're meant to serve, right, finds it magnetic. Could you unpack that a little bit more? Like how what are some of the things that you do to sort of tap into that or yeah, really amp up your magnetism? Let's let's say let's describe it that way. Yeah, I like that description a lot. I am a huge believer of the Kaizen philosophy of like never ending improvement and the way that that aligns with this consciousness upgrade that we've been chatting about is like, what's the next incremental step? How do I continue to self-actualize and become my very best self? For me, meditation is that number one tool. I've been a daily meditator since 1990. I often say, I don't know who I would be without meditating. And to me, it is being able to plug into this endless battery supply. That does not come from me, but really comes from the higher power, that source energy, that creative universal energy that to me has created everything. And I have that ability to plug into light and sound frequencies that amp me up. So it's really not something that I can really go day without. It's almost like if you had an electric car. You can go so many miles until you have to plug back in. And that's exactly how I feel. I can go so many hours in my day or so, you know, many conversations, if you will, before I need to plug back in to refill my cup, to re-energize and to be kind of connected to that, you know, main amperage source. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love the metaphor of that. So what can listeners do? to check in to see if they are soul aligned or if they're out of alignment. What, how can they check in on this? Okay, cool. So one of the things that I like to do is just get it so basic because I think sometimes we get tripped up with terminology. And I feel when we hear words like soul alignment, somehow our brain tells us that it is this big, magical, mysterious, only segmented for the lucky few. And so I want to just be able to say, like, how do you feel? Like, get so simple and so basic with yourself. Like, how do you feel? Do you feel good? Do you feel expanded? Do you feel joy-filled? And if the answers are yes, 
then you're pretty well, you know, guaranteed to be in alignment because it's just like your spine. When your spine is aligned, you know, when you are aligned physically, you feel good. You walk straight. You know, there is a sense of non-stagnation. And so I look at spiritual alignment or soul alignment in that same way, just as our energy body, our emotional body, how are we feeling? And so when that's kind of lined up, just like our spine, then we can feel that what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're saying, who we're around is all aligned with how we want to feel. So I like to break it down super simply because many of us, it's so easy to just kind of spin out thinking that we need so many journals, so many books, so many other people to give us the answer. And I think when we can gently release that and realize we have absolutely everything inside of us right now, we are our own dictionary, our own Google, our own everything. There's a sense of empowerment. It goes back to what you started with self-leadership. When we can have self-trust, we can lean into self-leadership so much more beautifully and gracefully. So hopefully I answered your question in there, but how can someone feel if they're aligned? Really go back to the basics of how do I feel? If they are off alignment, I think that you can then tap into how do you want to feel and really start to generate that kind of stream of consciousness, whether you're a journaler, whether you want to tape record yourself, repeating affirmations of how you want to feel, whether you want to go into that gratitude space, which I'm a huge fan of. I feel that that cracks our heart open and it can shift us from feeling stuck and maybe misaligned to just going on like that gratitude rampage that you hear Abraham Hicks often talk about. Just just get in that stream of consciousness of all the things that you are grateful for. That can help shift you, sometimes incrementally, sometimes dramatically. And then you, you once you're on that path of feeling better, feeling more aligned, it becomes kind of that happiness cycle, you know? And and that's the exciting part. Once the momentum starts, you know, I always say like a spark and then a fire. So once you get that momentum, it's a spark and you can catch a spark from something that inspires you. But I also think that you can catch a spark from your own intention. Yeah, yeah, this is so good. Can you give us an example from your experience where you noticed that you were out of alignment and and were you able to name like what that out of alignment was and how you got back into that spark and how that spark got got you back to fire? Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's so good. So I would say that for many years, I wasn't able to name my emotions. And so I think that that's really important to say that it is a skill that you can develop. And so like, not being able to name those emotions and then doing things to maybe numb out. So like emotional eating, for example, is something that I've struggled with. And a lot of that is being disembodied and not being able to name your emotion and understand when you need self-care or understand that you even need anything at all because you're very used to outward things and making sure everybody else is is kind of good to go. So I just want to preface what I'm about to say with that because... I think that, you know, for me, I didn't, I was so disconnected. I didn't even realize that I was disconnected. And so I think that it's taken a lot of work to even be able to name an emotion. And so if there's a listener that's kind of in that space, 
And I feel that there's probably more than we even think because I recently just heard Brene Brown did a study with, I think, 7,000 people and the majority came up with only three emotions that they could name, which was shocking. It was like happy, sad, mad or something. I mean, it was the basic, basic stuff. And that was really kind of what, you know, got her inspired to create her latest book. And I thought that was so interesting. I was like, yeah, wow. So I'm going off on a little tangent, but all that to say that I feel that awareness is so very important and that being able to even name our emotion is a skill that we can develop and strengthen. When I personally feel off, I really think that it's about being able to catch it. And I, it's interesting because I think that sometimes toxic positivity can come as a spinoff to that. So not to go down a rabbit hole for a period of time after it was like, okay, like let's embody what naming these emotions are. If it was a negative emotion, because I had a lot of training in positive psychology, I would turn it around so fast that I would miss that human experience of feeling the emotion. And so I really want to tuck that in right there because we're missing out on a lot of the growth opportunities there as well. And I think then it can become this like, turn that frown upside down and everything's butterflies and rainbows. And, you know, we can like do the work on ourselves to death of like, is that true? Is it really true? How can I make it positive? Like all of the Yeah, Byron Katie, the hell out of it. Yeah, and and we definitely, I mean, it's a very sad, I mean, okay, I shouldn't say sad. It's just a thing that I think is not necessarily positive that's happening in some spiritual communities. And it's just this toxic positivity because of course we want to feel good and we want to plug into communities that make us feel good that are talking about happiness and gratitude and joy and you know what i always like to say is our emotions always tell the truth and if we want to be happy but inside we feel sad or shame or guilt or resentment that's the truth not the happy smile on the exterior that we wish to feel or that we think we should feel and so I'm with you 100%. It's just honoring our emotions. You know, Abernet Ham Hicks calls it our emotional guidance system. And it really is that. It is the key to our soul alignment, naming the emotion and, and being honest about where we are. And then that feel, and I call it the feel and release. And how Source describes it to me is you can't release a block unless you feel it. You can go to the most gifted energy healer in the world and they could do a lot to clear your energy, the most gifted Reiki healer. But at the end of the day, if there's not a feel and release to those big emotions inside, they stay inside. So this is great. So you realized that you were having a hard time naming your emotions. What did you do to help yourself emotionally educate yourself? Well, one, I think knowing that what I was doing in the past wasn't working and that I was on that that perpetual hamster wheel. And so you know, because I'm dedicated to that self-improvement, it was like, okay, I got to change something up. You know, this this pattern isn't working. So how can I change it up? So I think that recognition of having a deeper vocabulary for the emotions is huge. Yeah. And also slowing down to the point that you can hear the messages coming from inside. And I also feel that a big turnaround for me was doing less of the self-care tools and techniques because I was really kind of, there was a vice of excessiveness there. 
because I was so passionate about self-actualization that from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to bed, I was conscious. I was listening to something, reading something, journaling something, recording an affirmation, doing sound healing, doing meditation. Like it just went on and on and on. And it came to a point where I wasn't feeling or being embodied in all those tools or techniques, but I was approaching it like a good Girl Scout with a to-do list. Oh, gosh, I think so many people are relating to you right now, Casey. Oh, yeah. You have all the tools, all the training, and the tools and the training have taken over. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then, you know, literally, you have so much content that, one, it can create stagnation if you're not creating and acting and implementing. Mm. And I think that that's a big stumbling block that I've had to overcome that I still have to be very conscious of and that I also help clients with is really kind of cut through the noise. I'm a big promoter of digital minimalism, having boundaries and being able to clear the space within you to hear your higher purpose come through you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really it. So I love this. I, one of uh, my, clients and and very good listener of Soul Guide Radio said, you know, Allison, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, you know, I'm on this spiritual journey. And I noticed that, you know, everything I listen to, every every teacher out there is saying, oh, just spend five minutes of your day doing this. Five minutes. Of, they, they all come with a tool that really feels good. But at the end of the day, you can't implement a thousand tools in a day because, you know, there's just so much out there. So what do you do when you're getting all this really good advice and and you can get this overwhelm of the five-step processes, which I love to teach, and the journaling prompts and the this and the breath techniques? And what I say is just, you know, exactly what you just said, like clear the space, however you do that, whether it's deep breathing, meditation, walking in nature, do what you need to do to quiet that brain and unplug, get away from devices. I call it pushing your desk chair back. Walking away from the computer. I like that. And going here. I always teach going to the heart space. It's where I go to connect to higher self, but go wherever you go, which is usually somewhere in the body. Connect to higher self. Ask higher self. Now, it's great that you're learning the tools because I think it's part of it. Like you have to know what to ask higher self for. They can't say, well, learn, do Casey's exercise on breathing if you didn't listen to Casey's podcast episode on breathing, right? So it's good that you're learning this stuff, you know, in measure, right? And asking higher self to point you to the tool that you need for today or for this week or for this month. I really like that. And I feel like it's awesome to learn the tools, to get the knowledge, to understand the systems, the framework, the blueprint, so that you can discard what doesn't work for you and recreate what does. So it really becomes as unique as your fingerprint. It's not somebody else's one, two, three, but you can take from little bits and pieces from all the wisdom teaches, all the light workers and really customize it to what works for you because there is going to be nobody that has the same soul imprint as you do. And so what worked for somebody else is not necessarily going to work for you. And so I feel that it goes back to that self-trust piece to believe in yourself enough that you're going to be able to pick and choose and mix and match like all the different things that make you unique, that work for you, that fill up your cup in a really beautiful way. And I think it just unleashes a creative process that 
we often don't give ourselves permission to play in and dabble in and be okay if it's not perfect. Yes, yes. And let's stay in this space. I love the believing in yourself enough because that's like a great way to frame that and unleashing this creative process. And I think we do this really beautifully when we put our focus on our self-leadership, right? It helps us, I think, to unleash this and it helps us to believe in ourselves. So can you tell us a little bit, give us a little definition of what self-leadership means to you and how could we use self-leadership to align to our soul mission? Yeah, awesome. So self-leadership is really one, understanding who you are. And if that feels hard to attain, being really clear on who you want to be, the identity that really feels is most alignment, that it's going to be like lighting you up, like your desired identity. So I think step one is really getting super clear on that. And then two, it's almost what virtues do you have to embody in order to attain that identity? And then like the third piece to that is what actions do you need to take in order to be a rating exemplar of those virtues so you can be that identity that you desire? And I think when you can dial that in and then practice it on a daily basis, this to me is the the essence of self-leadership because it's not just something that's in our head. We're not just becoming the librarians of all this knowledge, but it's something that we are embodying and then we can model for people. And I think that especially now that we're spending so much time behind screens, we have this nice innate BS meter when we know that somebody is inauthentic and when somebody is authentic. And the only way we're going to be able to transmit authenticity is if we are genuine, if we are walking our talk, if it's not just do as I say, not as I do. And that to me in a nutshell is self-leadership. Oh, that's beautiful. So you said, you said virtues, you know, what virtues, what actions, what was the thing before the virtues was that just like, who do I want to be? Yeah. Who do I want to be essentially? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I presume these questions we want led the voice leading the answers to be that of higher self guiding us. Yes. Right. hundred percent. Right back to that heart wisdom that you often say that you go back to and you teach from. It's really silencing the noise, asking for that inner guidance, trusting what that gut wisdom is going to show you, and then going from there. Because I think if we start to get in our own way, that's when imposter syndrome comes up, those little mental gremlins come up, all of those like doubting questions come up. And then we're never going to like put into action what we really want to do. And so it just, I think that in order to kind of put a cog in that spin out. We just have to trust that heart wisdom coming through is giving us that message that we're really, really meant to hear. And I think the other thing, Allison, with this is it is not a one and done journaling exercise. So for me, I do this every single day. I have a little chart that is how do I want to show up in my energy body? How do I want to show up in my work life? How do I want to show up in my love life? And I literally chart out identity, virtue, action, and then I have a gratitude space. And I have a little tic-tac-toe board and I do this every single solitary day. And I feel that 
that allows me to remind myself to connect with my higher self, to change it up, be fluid with how I'm feeling in that particular day. Sometimes I land on the same keywords for a long period of time, and then something else will come in. I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. So that's the virtue that this particular identity is trying to come up for me to look at. So I do want to say that because I think oftentimes we do these one and done exercises and then we stick that journal under our bed and then move on to something else. And there was so much more juice that we could have extracted from that particular thing. Yeah, I so agree. And the thing about our soul mission and this 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 identity we're always growing to it is such a journey. It is the never it's the journey of our human path. And I don't think it ever ends until we, you know, we we're we're ready to leave this lifetime. I think it's that the, those layers that continue to unfold. And you and I were talking about this before the show. It is that showing up in those small, consistent ways, small, consistent ways. And of all the tools that you can choose from to Include in your morning practice, you know, the miracle morning or to have in your midday meditation. And there's so many different ways, the nighttime routine, having some sort of this inner reflection and asking, who do I want to become? What is my, this is, you know, kind of like, it's like, what is my best next step? You know, as I think you're asking in here, like, what is my action step here? And I like this question of virtue. Can you give us an example of like how you would ask the questions to uncover the virtues that you want to be living at or embodying? Yeah, I think a great way to start is thinking about a leader that has inspired you. I think that that's awesome. I think it's it's often an easy way to have a self-conversation starter. Who do I really appreciate? What kind of qualities do they embody? And then just kind of go on this brain riff, you know? So think about that leader so many times. In fact, we just had this, a mastermind in a group that I'm in and we talked about all of the qualities of a leader and then we broke them out, whether it was like a cognitive quality, an emotional quality, you know, and, and really went through and we did this on a shared digital board because it was on Zoom and 80% of all those qualities of leaders who inspire us landed in the emotional category, which I think is fabulous. It goes a lot to your work as well. Our emotions inform us and it's the feeling state that brings us that inspiration. And so I think that's a great way to start, like, you know, humorous or an integrity or fun or fluid or loving or like all of those pieces. That's going to like kickstart your brain when you then turn it back to yourself and you're like, okay, now that I'm understanding the context of this, what kind of virtues do I want to embody? Because like begets like most of the things that we see in other people that we admire, those are the virtues that we also want to embody. Yeah, that's a great, great way to kick it off. I love what you're saying. It just makes me think my husband is just going up for he is going up for a big job. He works for the United Nations and he's going for a uh, quite a high level senior position there. And so I was helping him with the questions. I used to sort of work in hiring. So I usually can guess the questions they'll ask. And I said, for sure, they'll ask you a question about leadership. And so I said, what are you going to say? And he had a very masculine response. You know, it was just like getting people together, you know, da, 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 da. I said, no, 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 boring. <laughs> right? They'll be snoozing. Start with, I said, start with humor. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. You said humorous. I said, start with something that's emotional. Get them laughing. You know, crack a joke. 
that, well, I think that it starts with humor. It starts with play. When people are happy at work, they enjoy their work and they show up and they produce more. And so he, 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 he practiced it the first time his way. And then he did it my way. And I was just like, his face brightened up. He was smiling. I was listening to every word whilst before I was like kind of dozing up. And I don't know. We don't know, Casey, what's going to happen. But I have a feeling if we if we talk to people who's on his his panel, his promotion panel, who are doing the interviewing, I have a feeling that question's going to they're going to remember his response. Because I think the other people are going to do the boring, masculine, overly masculine. Right. One hundred percent. Oh, yes. Yes, he's lucky to have you. You can feel that energetic shift from that linear, logical, like yang way. And then that fluid yin way where you can really bring in play and humor and, and flow. I had a similar experience. I was chatting with my niece who is in her first year of law school and she needs to do an internship. And we were doing the same thing. We were doing role play with these interview questions. And she's like, I've gone on X number and I'm getting rejected. And I'm like, all right, well, let's just play around with some questions. And I think that this happens often where when we're trying to do good, when we feel like we're being judged, we're in the box and we rarely want to show that vulnerability side. The minute we open ourselves up to that, it immediately connects to the other person. And that's where the gold is. Like, that's where you're going to win. And I just recently heard that, like, you know, someone said that we feel it's okay for other people to be vulnerable, but we're blocked when it comes to sharing our own vulnerability. And I just really resonated with that. And I've been able to relate to that in my own life as well. And I think that part of it comes down to dropping that idea that we have to be people pleasers and perfectionists. And what would it be like if we literally just connected like heart to heart on a human level, like you said, with humor, with with the storytelling, with being vulnerable, with just sharing these liked human experiences, it's just so much more enjoyable and effective. Yeah. I mean, like the back end is that all those things your mind was telling you that you wanted, you wanted to win, you wanted to please, you wanted to get hired, you wanted to get that raise. You're going to get if you do it this way that is just so much more fluid and connecting. Totally, totally. That's so good. And I love what you're saying about that vulnerability. It is so challenging. And I think this podcast is primarily for soul-guided entrepreneurs and who want to get clients, right? Want to get soul clients, the right clients. And time and time again, it's when we, that sharing of that vulnerability, that I've been there, that empathy. I know what you're going through from a real place of integrity and authenticity, not just like, the used car salesman, I know where you've been, you know, that kind of <laughs> cheesy, right? I mean, that's that gets back to that magnetism that magnetizes people in because, wow, she gets me. She understands. So, yeah, it's, it is a challenge to be to be vulnerable. And it's such it's so important right now. We have to know that it's OK. And our, when we're vulnerable, not everyone's probably going to like it. We'll probably trigger some people. People might say it's inappropriate. You share too much, whatever. But our people, the people that we're really meant to touch and connect to and serve, they're just going to, they're going to know they're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes some soul work to lay down the mask, to peel back the layers oh, yeah. and be willing to be vulnerable and vulnerable back to your point of 
in an authentic and real way. I know that there has been a marketing trend of this honest share, if you will, that is almost kind of fake vulnerability. And again, it goes to that BS meter of like, okay, and that's the part we have to just tune in. So like we don't get like emotionally hijacked. And so there's so many layers. I feel we can have a whole nother episode. Oh yeah, we totally can. <laughs> authentic vulnerability. And how is it? How do you get it? Like what happens when it's not authentic? Like it's, it's a huge subject. I love it. It is. And I'll also say sometimes we can be vulnerable before it's time. You know, I, I've experienced that where I'm still healing. And then I'm vulnerable. And really that sharing, I always say when that happens, it's not a bad thing. It's just that it's more about you, right? So when I share something vulnerable and I'm still like in the midst of it, still healing from it, I don't necessarily attract that many clients in the moment because they can see I'm still healing from it. And so they're not going to say, oh, it's time to hire Allison. (laughs) I think they're going to say, oh, she's clearly still healing from this thing. So I think there's also an issue of timing. I always say if, if you're still like, healing, like still in the midst of it, doesn't mean you have to be 100% healed, but you're still sort of in the midst of the pain or the trauma and you're sharing. That really is to help you heal if you feel called to share. But when you kind of get to the other side, you get to the point where you're 60% healed, 70% healed, then you can really start to talk about your story and share your experience in a way that is in service. And say, look, I've been there. I've been in the trenches and I got through it. And this is how I did it. Maybe it's going to be helpful for you. So I think it's also worth mentioning that the vulnerability share also has a timing, I think, often. It absolutely does. And I have a question for you, actually, on the same vein of that. I'm wondering what cure you have for a vulnerability hangover. Oh, my gosh. I did a whole podcast episode on this. Did you? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to tune in. That's awesome. (laughs) Gosh, it was a while ago. It was a really good episode because I just shared, it came by inspiration because I just shared for the first time the story of my near-death experience. It was really, it was very, very vulnerable, the most vulnerable story I've ever shared. And so the next day I had the biggest hangover. And I think what I said in that podcast episode, and it's what I'll say now is just be in the emotions. So I think when you're in the hangover, what is the main thing our brain is screaming at us? You shouldn't have done it. Are you crazy that you were so open and so honest and so raw? You like that was not a good idea. So it's like this regret or this like after action, like I could have said that better and I didn't need to say that. And I think you really get a little self-critical. So just be in the emotions of it all. Be in the emotions like that was raw. I regret it. If you feel regret, feel the regret. And once the, the emotions start to release... Then you realize and go back to the heart space, create that space, right? Go to that heart wisdom and the heart will say, nope, you did it just right. It's just the right time, you know? And then you can get that like, oh yeah, you know, it was, was just right at just the right time. And, and yeah, maybe I would, would do things differently. Maybe I can do it better next time and I will learn for sure, but from a place of growth and not from a place of self-criticism. I love it. Yeah. Yay. Well, I'm glad you asked that question. It's such, it's really is. We'll have to do a follow-on episode all about vulnerability. All right. So I do have, I have to ask this question because we were, we were talking about daily tips. And I think this is just a good time to talk about daily, weekly, monthly tips. So what are your top daily or weekly tips to align in ways that increase our impact in our life and business? 
Awesome. So I think it's really important to have a carved out period of time, whatever works for you. I don't want to say whatever your schedule allows, because I feel like if we don't prioritize date with ourselves, it can often not you know, like get a slot on our calendar. So I feel that if you can create that white space and whether that is walking out in nature without your cell phone, without earbuds in with music or anything like that, but just an opportunity to just be, just allow yourself to connect with your breath, with the outside universe, with outside of your house, with outside of your screen, and with all the inputs and stimuluses quieted down, I feel that that's a beautiful way to replenish and be open to insight and intention. And I think that we're often chasing our tails as entrepreneurs and overfilling our schedule and not giving ourselves enough time to assimilate all of the inputs that we've taken in in the day, all of the conversations, all of the everything, everything from physical matter that we've eaten to emotional matter from conversations and coaching sessions, you know, to the digital inputs and marketing that comes in. So I feel we need that space. Like I mentioned, meditation for me has been an also a great way to simultaneously purge all of those inputs and connect to that battery source of pure energy. So I would say that that's another tip that's worked for me. And I think that there has to be some space in there for fun and play. I think that that's a big, big piece that I'm just really so curious and interested more in. Like two things that I'm really trying to cultivate more in my personal life are fun and fulfillment. And so it's like in order to do that, like we have to partake in those things. You know, like whether that's like connecting with your pet, your animal, your partner, your child, like doing something fun, witnessing fun, like being the cultivator of fun. I think that that just makes it more of a joyous journey. I love those. And I love the fun and play. That's been a real theme in my life lately, in my programs with my clients, with my peers. So I normally, Casey, ask, and I'm going to ask you in a second to tell listeners how they can learn more about you. But I like to end each episode on asking my guests to leave our listeners with an invitation, inviting them to go somewhere, be someone, wherever. And I normally don't give them any limits, but I'm wondering, because I've enjoyed this conversation so much, and I think this point is so important. Could you give, could you leave our listeners with an invitation around fun and play in a way that will help them with their soul alignment and their self-leadership? Ooh, an invitation for fun and play. So absolutely. I mean, I would say that like if they wanted to just get really grounded, we could do like a like a mini meditation right now, if that's cool. Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. So if you just want to be wherever you are and if you're driving or on a treadmill, you can pause this and circle back to this piece. But I feel that if you can just get supported in your chair and feel your feet on the ground, really supporting you and grounding you all four corners of your feet. And then just aligning up your spine, coming straight through like a golden strand right out of the top of the crown of your head. And just taking a nice gentle inhale. And an exhale. And releasing anything that doesn't serve you. 
And then your next inhale, just inviting in fun and play and adventure. And on your exhale, exhaling any feelings of being rushed or hurried, any of your shoulds, just release all those on a nice gentle exhale. And now that you're connected and you're feeling grounded, you're feeling aligned, I want you to go back to a time in your life, maybe it was recent, maybe it was when you were a child, when you had so much fun. You were just giddy with excitement. There was no judgment. There was just fun and excitement, adventure. There was a sense of wonder. There was a curiosity. There was an excitement of the not knowing. And bring up that thought. And amplify those feelings in that moment. How are you feeling? What was it like to be in that space? What were you smelling? What were you looking at? What were the visuals? What was the weather like? Who were you with? Bring that all to such a clear vision and feel that excitement at such a high level. Really amp up those feelings, those emotions of joy, of wonder, of curiosity, of bliss, of giggles. And just take a mental snapshot right now. So you can take that mental snapshot and you can store it in your heart where it's safe, where it's protected, where you can access it at any moment. Whenever you need to feel that sense of play and wonder and adventure, whenever you're curious, whenever you're looking for that next right step to amplify this, you can just go back to this mental snapshot accessed in your own heart wisdom. And this will open this space up again for you, just like a treasure box at any time. It's always within you. And just take one more inhale. And one more exhale filled with gratitude, love, peace, and blessings. Oh, that was beautiful, Casey. Oh, I love that so much. And I've never had a guest lead a meditation on the podcast. I love it. We're going to timestamp where that meditation starts in the reference of the show notes. So come back to this invitation whenever you need it to tap into your sense of play, your sense of relaxation, your sense of fun. Casey, I can't thank you enough for being on the show, sharing your amazing wisdom. You are an amazingly beautiful energy. Thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Your audience is so lucky to receive from your wisdom. 
So I know there's going to be listeners that are going on to join your community and learn more about you. So how can our listeners find you? Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I love connecting with you. I hope that our paths continue to cross. So thank you. It's been an honor. And for the listeners, if you are resonating with what we're talking about, I have a free three-part video series called Know Thyself and Lead, which really can help you tap into that sweet spot of your deep purpose and really helping you understand soul alignment, how do you access it, and how you can continue to share your gifts in the world, they can head on over to caseyrossi.com slash lead to enjoy that video series. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. And that link will be in the show notes. So Casey, thank you so much again for being on Soul Guide Radio. I am just so feeling oozing gratitude right now after your meditation. Thank you. Thank you so much, dear listener, for tuning in. I appreciate you every week for the love, the support. I always feel your energy in the room with me as I record. And I really would love a rating and review to know specifically how does this podcast affect your life and make it better in some way. We have a link in the show notes that you can find different places to leave a review. And I will read your review with lots of love on the air. And as always, until next time, may your soul guide the way. Hey, did you know that you have a spiritual genius inside of you? And that genius consists of five primary spiritual gifts that when unlocked to their fullest potential, you're able to use those gifts to serve your clients more deeply, manifest more powerfully, and live life more joyfully. Join me for a five-week course starting in June to unlock your spiritual genius. I'm also calling this course Your Five Weeks to Enlightenment. And in five weeks, you'll have more clarity about your spiritual gifts. You'll have received advanced spiritual training to activate those gifts to their fullest and integrate them into your life and business so you can experience more income, more connection, and more flow. I've never taught these advanced spiritual tools before, and I'm offering this course at a beta price, and there's even an early sign-up bonus. So I invite you to head on over to alisonscammell.com forward slash spiritual dash genius. Again, that's alisonscammell.com forward slash spiritual dash genius. And you can also find that link in the show notes. And I really hope to have your amazing and magical energy part of this extraordinary experience.